Evening folks, this is episode 66 of 2 Minutes for Chatting and as promised we have fixed all the technical issues so Stephen is back with a new microphone. I don't know if it sounds any any better but it might, it might be worse but you're here with it and it's here to stay. It's here to stay. I'm here, it's here and it's a new year. And I'm all ears. And we're all ears. So and the clan fans are in tears. They are. Well, they weren't on Friday though. There was a lot of cheers. No. <laughs> there was a game at which you were present, I believe, a three-two overtime win against Coventry, and uh, you know, so it sounded like an all-round decent game and pretty good performance. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, I would. I would say probably. The first period aside, I thought uh, Clan looked pretty good. You know, we had were pretty much back to full strength in terms of injuries. Um, apart from obviously uh, Craig Moore and, and Jack Muzzle were at full quota for that one. So it was good to see everybody back and sort of chipping away. And you know, I, I think you could tell at times so that the team were lacking in confidence. So you know that that was an issue at the start of the game, I would say, and to an extent in the second period but the, the third period they came out and um, I thought they played really well so I pinned Coventry back into their into their zone for the majority of that period and, and then it just uh, transferred into overtime as well which was good to see. The opening goal was was a Coventry goal in the first period I think as a result of Dylan Lawrence coming out of the box from a, a penalty wasn't it and uh, yeah. Puffal failed to control a a pass at the blue line and it and it fell to Lawrence and it was quite a nice finish actually from from the highlights to be fair. Yeah, I thought that at the time it was it was a, a decent finish. Um, yeah, it's just as you say, puck was played out to Puffell at the blue line and struggled to control it and then that was as as Lawrence came out of the box. I think it was Lawrence that was in the box. He came out of the box anyway and Coventry broke through and rounded uh, Killeen and slotted that way. So it was it was a nice goal. Um, Seven and a half minutes into the first period, and you know, this you would like the side heads go down and stuff. And I was, uh, to use a Charlie Nicholas phrase, I was sitting there thinking, No, this again. Yeah, did your you said the heads went down there? Was it a noticeable thing? Because I think earlier in the season when we used to go goals behind, it, it didn't really didn't really affect us as much, but certainly now with the, the issues that we have had, I think maybe conceding goals has got more of an effect than it did previously yeah I think so um, you know you could just just by looking at it on Friday as well after they scored the sort of heads went down a wee bit and I don't I don't think we were, we were that bad in the first period but I don't think Coventry were, were playing well either and you know maybe we were the, sort of the better of the two teams possibly even in that first period but yeah just uh, you know as usual it wasn't wasn't a good start and you know worry about the confidence uh, going on from there but then you know halfway through second period we get the equaliser through Mikael Littana a nice shot just a low pass Mott and incidentally Mott had an unbelievable game I think he had 50 saves or something like that yeah well he's been he's been a real difference I think we touched on that last last week uh, the, the difference that he's made in the short time he's been here compared to Jamie Phillips. Um, 
and from what I saw again on, on Friday, there were some some superb saves. I remember one in particular that went to the the review, the goal line technology review, where he managed to somehow get his get his glove back to one. Now that there is every possibility, I think that his glove could have been over the line, but without that, without an over overhead camera. You can't tell, so you you got to give him credit for that save. I don't remember exactly what point that was at. I think it might be in the second period, but yeah, it it looked it looked like potentially uh, it would take something really really special to beat him, and it was quite a quite a nice goal from Ledhammer. I think Peacock got a, a small touch on it to just play it into Ledhammer's path, and he slides it under Mott, who's a a really small goalie, but he's been very impressive. Yeah, so. Ryan Nye high levels, but so far he's been a better goalie. <laughs> yeah, well he's played it. He's played some really, yes, really good, good, uh, good clubs. So I'm not surprised. The the, the re- real surprise is that they actually managed to get him in. <clears throat> but no, he's made a big difference. And when when Coventry went ahead four seconds before the end of the second period, that is. Not a great time to concede, and a, a fairly soft goal, I think, with Hamannick given too much time, really, to line up a shot, and Colleen's screened by somebody, and he finds the finds the far post, far corner. Yeah, yeah uh, again, I, th- I felt like that was against the run of play as well. I thought we'd, we'd done well It's the second half of that second period as well. I thought we really sort of get going. Uh, after the time ago and then you know just something like that and with it being so close to the end of the period as well again I was kind of worried about going into that third period it just I felt that we had the momentum I would say for against uh, the last part of that, that second period and you know just wonder what that does psychologically as well to, to the players but credit to them they stuck in there got the, the equaliser in that third period, um, with just over three minutes to go, and it was a, an absolute ripper uh, from Matt Becker on the power play as well. It was a goal that he probably needed. To be fair, it, it is worth, it, worth mentioning that Coventry did go 3-1, 3-1 up, only for the goal to be disallowed for high sticks. I, mm. I thought it looked quite soft from the highlights. Um, it was Peacock was following his man in the middle of the ice and it was it was him that, that tapped it in but I, I thought you know his stick did his stick did go up to be fair near Peacock's face whether or not there was much contact I'm not sure it, it did look quite soft and I, I don't think Coventry were obviously too happy that would have been the game done but then it was the break we we needed and from what you've said possibly deserved it would have been a bit unfortunate to lose that game uh, and a great goal from Becker to to tie it up. He's he's not been in his best form as we all know, but maybe maybe that's the start of something possibly. Yeah, po- I mean possibly. Um, you know, we'd sat put out a tweet last week as well that he was still amongst the the top point scorers throughout the last month or so. So even though he's not been playing what we know Matt Becker can play at, he's still putting up a fair number of points as well. Um, so I think that's, you know, there's something to be said there as well. And I had some kind of injuries towards the start of the season and um, not really so much in the last month or so, but he's 
he's been one of the guys that's that has been putting up points. You know, maybe his performances haven't been that great. And uh, I think that's maybe what some fans are alluding to there. But you know, he he, he can still put up a decent uh, point tally anyway. Yeah, and that that goal from Becca I think was closely rivaled by the, the Earhart finish in overtime. Again, it was a, a nicely worked goal. Bierum with a sort of drop pass coming in the zone and Earhart, we know he's got a good shot and he finds the, the top corner really well. And I also saw that Andrew Johnson was given a an abusive official call just as, as that goal went in. I think he was the scorer of the 3-1 goal, actually. So it's obviously obviously got something to do with that. But a, a great goal from Earhart and... Uh, a, a fitting way to end it. The only probably disappointment is that we managed to give give Coventry a point out of it, but the two for us is probably the, the most important thing at at this time. Well, definitely the most important thing. Yeah, I felt so sort of going into overtime as well. I had, had a good feeling, which is which is nice to have, um, as opposed to previous seasons where if it went into overtime, you were you were dreading it. But now. I mean, we played well in the last last half of that, that game anyway, and I, I would I would say thoroughly deserved um, the two points. Yeah, I mean we are four and one in overtime this season, which is very good, a very good record. I think I'm trying to remember if the if the loss was a shootout loss or an overtime loss. I think it might have been a shootout loss. Uh, yeah. So. You know, having having won four four overtime periods, that is that's a good a good confidence builder. And we've got a lot of skilled players and offensive D men and I think that that makes a difference in overtime, you know, it can kinda go either way really, but we've we've got a good record this season, at least that is that is a positive. Um but it it, it does lead into the another negative of of Sunday, uh, and again Sheffield managing to put a lot of goals past us seven three down in Sheffield, uh, made made worse probably because we had a, a three one lead, I think possibly halfway halfway into the second period. Yeah, a three one lead again against Sheffield. Uh, again, yeah, you're right. That's twice in about space two weeks or whatever it is. Since the last time we played them, with three three one up then, and lost five one. Sorry, three three one <laughs> three one up lost five three. I don't know where I was getting that from. We were so bad they just took goals off us. Yeah. Um, and, th- and then that one three one up, and losing seven three is just you can't do that against teams like Sheffield. No, they seem to be the kind of team that very much once they get momentum with them, they're they're hard to stop. I think they're up at the top top of the league for a reason. And yet, from from highlights again, I'm I'm only judging, but we looked looked quite solid after the having gone three one up. Tansky, Matthew Watt, and Jordan Haywood with our goals. Potentially, the only real issue from from that half of the game was conceding a a five one three goal short handed, um, which is very rare at the best of times, but kind of. A bit indicative of how our, this bit of the season's going at the moment, uh, but it's just it's not 
not good at, at any level to do that. No, it's kind of, you know, we're kind of switching off uh, at times and it, it, it can cost us and it is costing us. I don't think we're, I don't think we're playing terribly. Um, but even even in the in the Coventry game, you know, you feel like they get a couple of clear cut chances and they they score with them. Um, and you know we're just kind of struggling to create those chances. And you know overall we're not we're not playing terribly. But I mean you look at the score on Sunday and you know from being three one up, um, and then you know just a total collapse uh, yet again against Sheffield. Yeah, three three goals in the second half of the second period, and then uh, three goals again conceded in the third. Uh, I don't I don't watch always watch all of Fitz's interviews, but this one I did I did notice that he was certainly more critical than he has perhaps been in the past. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he said, I think he said the word he used was unacceptable third period, uh, or appalling or whatever it was. Um, and then just just a poor second half of the game, but usually he's more one that, you know, he, he tries to find positives and kind of defends the players and stuff, but maybe he thinks that, you know, he needs, to, needs to, yeah. to take a, a bit of a different approach. Uh, and and I've I've not got any problem with that. I think you can't be conceding that many goals from those positions uh, against the same teams. And you know, mm. bear in mind, I think Sheffield had a couple of injuries as well. So we can't use the the being short-handed excuse anymore. I don't think that that works. Um, we just are struggling to keep the puck out of our own net. And through through a variety of reasons, we kind of touched on it last week. But the, the main reason, as far as I'm concerned, is that we've got too many offensive demon. That that is a big issue for us. Um, I think they can all chip in going forward, and they all have done. You know, they're all up there with the assist totals, and uh, you know, even Jordan Haywood's getting getting quite a lot of goals recently as well. So. And that, that is good to see at one end, but if you, if you can't keep them out, then what's the point? Yeah, we, we spoke about it at length last time, but the main the main thing is that we I would I would get rid of all these these points from the defensemen if if we were much more solid and compact kind of thing. You know, you, you definitely need some production from from the defensemen, but I'd much rather see is getting back to sort of one, two, even three goals a game on average conceded. I think we're well above that now. Um, but, you know, that, that would make all the difference and it takes the pressure off off the forwards because um, you can't... In that case, we need, needed to score eight goals to win the game. It's just not... It's just not feasible. Um, and, you know, that, that sort of leads on to the fact that we're playing... Playing Sheffield in the Challenge Cup semi-final with the, the first game on Wednesday at home. Um, so the, the last thing I think we want to do is go go 3-1 up. Uh, <laughs> nah, but, but in all seriousness, some, something needs to change against them um, because they've had our number recently, although we were, we were good against them at the, the beginning of the year. Yeah, 
even even going back to those games where they were, you know, they, they could still find a way to score um, against us, and that you know that that is kind of worrying. Um, I just you just kind of wonder, you know, with Fitzy being um, that kind of stay at home D man. Um, I don't know. I just wonder what what he's thinking in terms of the in terms of the defence. Does he think? Um, you know, the, does he bring Spring? Is Springer supposed to be in to do that kind of role? Because I, I feel like he's quite, I think he's more offensive than I initially thought he was as well. Um, and, you know, our, our, obviously we'll touch on some, or our rumour um, about potential signing in a bit, but are we looking at, at D men to come in as well? Yeah, I know. I mean, they, Sheffield, I think, possibly have got, you know, arguably the best group of goal scorers as a team, I would say. Yeah. Um so there's there's no there's no hiding away from, from that fact. But yeah, uh he mu- he must be looking at our defence and, and thinking. You know, he, he knows more than pretty much everybody else, so it's not not for us to say, but um those those gaps need filled and yeah the likes of Springer you would have thought Initially, and uh, when he was signed, and whatever was was signed for that role, but it seems like it seems like he is more of an offensive <laughs> guy almost, which sounds sounds crazy. I don't really know. Yeah, I've I've not looked in any detail. I will now, just just while we're rabbiting on. But last year, when we compare his points, what's he got this year? He's got. Twelve points already. I would say that's probably already this, what he had last this season. Last season he had thirteen over fifty one games and the season before he had sixteen. So I mean he's not he's not uh, overly defensive. I think maybe the, the penalty minute thing sort of it almost hides what you think he might be, you know. Normally when you see a guy with that many penalty minutes you You'd think that he's not as much of a a contributor to offensive play and all that kind of stuff potentially, but um, yeah, you, you, I can't really complain with what he's given points wise, but something across the board needs to needs to be done to stop the the leaky defence because it's just it's just uh, it's too predictable now almost. Yeah, as and you know you can't. As you say, play against the guys, the caliber that Sheffield have, and you know, I expect to play the same way that, that we play. Um, it's just not going to work. And the uh, the rumor that you talked about, whilst we've been talking about defensemen, this yes. rumor is uh, is a forward. <laughs> so, uh, you know whether whether anything is going to come of it or not. Uh, a player called Marcus Jonsson, who's a, a Swedish winger, 28 years old, and he's currently playing for Tegs SK, or was, if, if the, the rumours to be believed. Uh, but, you know, a lot of all Svenskan experience. Um, what What's your first opinions of this guy if you were just to look at him uh, overall as as a whole 
He's got a blurb. Well, he's got a blurb. He does have a blurb, um, and I'll read that out in a second. But his his club, if he's coming from Tegs, I thought it might have been Pegs, in which case he could have brought some decent ones over. Yeah, that's why I've signed him. Um, now, so Marcus Johnson, 28 year old, can play right wing or left wing, six foot, shoots right. Uh, a strong winger with a great work ethic and attitude. He plays a very intensive game and four checks hard. So that's, you know, already that's kind of the, the ethos that, that Fitzy's wanting to, to have in the team, I think. Is, I would say so, yeah. That's a hard-working type of guy. Um, a capable scare with grit. It should be able to become a solid... What? It should be able to become a solid role and team player uh, at a pretty high level, somewhat limited in terms of hockey sense and offensive creativity. You know, I'd maybe leave that last bit out, but... Yeah, yeah I, I don't know really what to make of these these descriptions. Um, certainly, yeah. if he does, if he is signed, then we'll make our own minds up. Uh, I, I like the sound of most of that, I have to say. Um mm. Possibly got a, a, a bit of speed about him as well, um, and played at a played at a good level. So, you know, there's there's a lot to like about that. Uh, I don't think we should be judging people before they come in. Obviously, we've said that before, but um, guys have come from all over the place, and when they play in the elite league, you know, they really really shine. So. Uh, there is there is nothing to say that a guy like this couldn't do well in the elite league. No, exactly. Um, we can't really pass comment until we see him. Um, that's you know if he signs, obviously. But it would be interesting to go to go back over past players after after reading their blurb and uh, see what, see what we think about them after having watched them. Because it is that is a that is a great point. We should yeah. come up with a new a new section called Blurb Replay, <laughs> or called something, and we and we do look at that because it because it it's a it's a fair point. Um, this is that stuff's written. I don't know when how up to date these these things are usually. Um, but you know you, you you can't judge, you can't judge them, uh, until you see them play, and uh, points, points isn't everything. I don't think it definitely helps. You know it's an indication of, of, what level a player might be. But it's not, it's not everything. You look at, uh, Tansky as an example. I think, he's been, in the main, a very very good signing, for us, and you know he. He maybe wouldn't have had the most impressive elite prospects page, uh, and then you know we've we've had it the other way. So we we'll wait and see. It's at least it's a change possibly if it if it does happen. Um, but maybe we were thinking both thinking that defensively we need to look at at doing something because I've got no doubt some of the defensemen we've got at the moment could even move up to play forward. Um, plus, plus you've got Craig Moore out for I think what did the club say a, a few more weeks uh, yeah, along with Jack Musel so 
you've got a gap there. Um, and I, I don't think Fitzy is, is gonna is gonna fill it himself. So uh, we'll be looking at one of the Solway boys, I think. Otherwise, if we don't bring someone in, yeah, potentially um, Tansky dropping back in it. Yeah. But I just feel like you sit, you lose. You do lose. You do lose other things that he gives you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You were impressed with him on Friday, did you say? Yeah, I thought he was great. I thought he was, you know, back back to his best. Um, before the injury, just sort of zipping about the ice, and uh, you know, I, I feel like we've kind of we've missed that. Um, you know, just completing all his four checks and stuff as well. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was really good. Um, really sort of gritty on, on Friday and that in turn uh, I think helped spur the team on a wee bit as well um, so yeah no it's just good good to have Tansky back and you know uh, good to see him play again yeah he's, ne- he's needed I think in the team he definitely is mm-hmm. um, so you know if we did we did bring somebody in I don't think it would be soon enough for the games this midweek but uh, possibly for the weekend, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's just a bit disappointing to see a, a good a good win on Friday, then overshadowed by a, a heavy defeat. Um, not many teams have found consistency yet, obviously, but uh, it's still it's still a bit of a disappointment when you think maybe we're turning around a, a corner, a couple of steps forward, and then we take one back, but. Or one forward and two back, however many you want to say. Or uh, in Sheffield's case, three forward and seven back. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so we're we're playing Sheffield at home in the first leg of the Challenge Cup on Wednesday, and then we go down to Nottingham for a league game. Um, now Nottingham have been away at the Continental Cup. They got a a silver medal thanks to. I believe Rasmus Bierum's brother who got the over uh, the shootout winner against them. So small margins, I think that was the difference between them winning it and and coming second, so they just miss out in the Champions League. Uh, but a pretty decent effort and going down there on Thursday after playing Sheffield on Wednesday is gonna be a tough ask. Oh yeah, definitely. Um you know, especially off the back of that as well a little bit. It'll be hard that they never um, managed to win that. Um, so uh, you know, expecting to be to be back at it on Thursday, um, it'll be a, a tough game for us. Um, can't remember what what record is against them uh, so far this season. I just feel like we've, we've not played nothing at all. No, I don't think we've played them much. We've we we won. We won back to back down there. I do remember that. Um, oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. And we might have played them at home. I think they've as well. They might have picked up a few, a few injuries in that that week Continental Cup weekend. So that might help us. Um, guys playing a lot of minutes, but you know they've picked up from where they they were at the beginning of the year. They're now quite comfortably in fourth place. Uh, so to go there and get a win at, at any time would be good um, but I would like to see his focus on Wednesday's game first 
uh, give ourselves a chance to go down to Sheffield and close it out. Uh, although, you know, I think of all the teams at the moment, we don't really want to play Sheffield, unfortunately, we'd be top of the list. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's it's just funny the way, the way it works. I think um, at this stage last year, um, I'm sorry, no, it wasn't this stage last year that we played Cardiff, it was the round before, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was the it was the quarter final we played Cardiff. They picked yeah. us and we beat them. We lost to Guildford. Guildford, yeah. Classic. <laughs> yeah, it's not not really a surprise, is it? No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, it'll be a, it's another tough game. Obviously, um, you know, a chance chance it's over there. Um, for both teams to, to get into the final. So I think on Wednesday, I think if we if we do well and we sort of stay in the tie, I think um, you know, it's kinda of difficult having the uh, the first leg at home. Uh, first I feel like that's a, a wee bit of a disadvantage. But um if we can put in a good performance, um hopefully have the game from from Sunday, fresh in our minds then. Who knows what will happen, but we need to play better defensively um, to start off with, and I'm sure fits in, and the guys will know that as well. Yeah, we don't win the game too fresh. No. Because <laughs> at the moment, um, they've certainly got the our number. Um, I think that one's on TV, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, last yeah. time we were on TV at home, it was a, a brilliant win against Cardiff. So, you never know. It is possible. We can win on TV, believe it or not now. We're over that curse. Uh, thought it. So, other than, other than Guildford now, I can't think of any more real curses that we've got. We're just poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a curse. We're just yeah. wrong yeah. against most teams. Exactly so. Those are two, two tough ones, and then uh, on the back of that, we are then home again on Saturday. We've only got one game over the the weekend, I guess you could call it, and that's a very easy one at home to Belfast. Uh, yeah, I mean, Belfast are a bit kind of up and down just now as well. Uh, they can have good nights and bad nights, um, as can we, so uh, it's maybe a wee bit of a toss at that. <laughs> Obviously, I would, you would have Belfast as favourites going into that, but you know who knows, on, on the night we could put together a good performance, but obviously we've got yeah, a couple of games midweek, which you know is going to be um, even more tiring on the guys who are, looked already tired. Um, after Sunday's game yeah I mean um, Belfast recently have, have been good against I mean obviously most teams have been good against us recently other than Fife uh, but yes. <laughs> yes have to get something in there uh, but no Belf- so Belfast I think beat us at, at Brayhead last time so looking for a bit of revenge there but three Three tough fixtures, and at the end of this week, I think you'll 
you'll have a good idea probably of where how the regular season's going to finish up for us. I know there's still a good 20 odd games to to play but if we're you know manage to get ourselves put out of the challenge cup essentially uh, and another another two defeats and we'd be looking looking back towards that playoff elimination spot but then again three good three good wins and you're you're riding the, the wave of false optimism again yeah well the, the trouble is that with Dundee and, and Manchester have started to play well and I think because our period that we've been poor has been so prolonged and you know it's obviously down mainly down to injuries but um, it, it does have an effect on, on the season so you know trying to get confidence back um, is probably the, the key thing going into the last the last stretch of games yeah, at least at least we've got players or most of them. I think to to ask them to do it with, you know, a a, a big number of players out would have been would have been a tough ask. Uh, somebody had said I think maybe that Matthew Wah had had gone off in the Sheffield game, possibly. I know he scored, uh, no. but I'm not sure if he if he finished the game or not. So. There might be something there, but uh, if we assume assume that there's nothing nothing serious, we've we've got we've got a good a good core of the players. So you never know. But I can't be too optimistic nowadays. The first few podcasts of the season, we were you know all over it, just expecting win after win. Flying high. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but it's tough. Just as tough as me trying to predict power picks. Uh, I had an absolute shocker again at the weekend there. My my pick of five. I don't actually know why I picked five. I know it's because it's no. definitely definitely an underdog, but I don't really know why I picked them. They're really not good at the moment. Um, summed up by Scott Arson's lack of being able to stay on his feet. Well, that was funny. Coventry, um, <laughs> and I love that they kept that in the highlights. That yeah, no, that was good. Good to um, see that. So he's struggling to stay on his feet, and Fife are, are seriously struggling to stay anywhere off relevant. Anywhere, anywhere relevant. Yeah, they're they're now down bottom of the league um, after two two defeats at the weekend. First was that that Coventry game and then a, a 3-2 loss at home to Manchester which a game to be fair they they were pretty dominant but bit of a sucker punch which happens when you're on a, a losing streak yeah it does it's not it's not been great for, for Fife that's you know that's an understatement but um, not really too sure what what the problem seems to be there I think we've got you know a lot of a lot of, of core guys there from last year, albeit they did lose, you know, a couple of their, their big point getters. So, difficult to set a pinpoint really what's kind of going on there, but long may it continue. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, Belfast 
a mixed weekend, a four-two home win against Sheffield, which is, you know, that's that's good at any time. Um, but then a a four-one defeat at Guildford, so struggling to to find consistency, although they are still sort of in touch with Cardiff, but uh, having played a couple games more, uh, they'll be looking for for a bit better coming into the last last bit of the season, and and we're we're better to start in a game against us. <laughs> but no, they're they're. <coughs> Very impressive sometimes, and then look vulnerable other times. So, um, yeah. you don't really know them. It must be quite frustrating to coach that. Yeah, it must be. I mean, there's no doubt that the team's full of talent, and um, you know, with that talent, they should be up to challenging for the league. So, who knows? Uh, a couple of tough games for them this weekend. Two away games. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we say tough, it is against us, but we like to think it'll be tough. <laughs> uh, and then Sheffield but, certainly is. Yeah, if our game's not tough, then the Sheffield game definitely will be. Exactly. Um, Cardiff, I think, are probably the team who are the most consistent at the moment. Uh, two wins, four-point weekend for them. Uh, a 2-1 win in Manchester, and then 5-2 home to Dundee, so... The thing is, they're sort of going about their business quite quietly. Um, I think if Sheffield hadn't played all those games, then people would probably be talking about Cardiff a bit more and how how they're well out in front and dominating again. Um, but it's because the table sort of skewed slightly. Maybe that, that suits them and they're able to, to just pick up the points and get to where they want to be, which is obviously top again. Yeah, they're sort of, you know, quietly going about their business. Um, yeah, they're just, you know, as you say, really consistent recently. So, um, not good for for everyone else, but uh, there was a period there where they were sat blown hot and cold as well. So they seem to have uh, found a bit of form. Uh, but you know, a tough game. Tough game in Sheffield uh, this weekend, and then I went Dundee. So and Dundee have kind of picked up a wee bit as well. So yeah, potentially a bit of ask in there, but um, you know, just the way they're playing, I can't really see them dropping too many more points. No, uh, you you mentioned Dundee there. I think we need to ask them, in particular, how they managed to beat Guildford. Um, is something that every other team seems to manage to do, um, but but we really we really struggled and they beat Guildford um, in a, a shootout on Saturday at home, and then as we'd said went to Cardiff, but they've they've definitely picked up and they're now uh, they've now overtaken Fife, and they're they're close to Manchester. So those Manchester Dundee and Fife at the moment. Uh, are the three that are fighting for that last playoff spot uh, and I believe some of the fixtures this weekend are are between some of those teams so Manchester yeah Manchester at home to five that's that's quite a big one and then the only other 
result that we didn't talk about there was well none of them actually we talked about them all well played to us uh, and it must be therefore well I was going to do prediction time but I'll intervene slightly I'll change up the order a wee bit um, the clan wall of fame nominees yep. were announced again three three to choose from Chris Frank, Jordan Kristanovic and Ash Goldie are the contenders this time. Um, for me, I would say... <laughs> Actually, well, the only thing I can commit to telling you just now is that it's between Kristanovic and Goldie for me. Right. Yes, yes but it's, it's Kristanovic for me. I just thought he was... So thinking back, the first reels are quality player. Yeah. That I can remember. Uh, so, you know, for me, he would be the one I would pick out of those three. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong, the, the, they've all done a, a good job for us um, in the past. Uh, obviously, different types of players and, you know, because of that, some people will pick other players ahead of what we do what we would go for and uh, that's obviously that's the the beauty of it isn't it yeah Chris Frank is was a fan's favourite we'll see him at the the testimonial as well Um, I just uh, I'm like you that I would I'd be more inclined to vote for for a um, a different a different kind of player but Chris Frank certainly played a good role, um, you know, in a number of those teams, and I think he was, he was feared by a lot of players in the league. But I just got frustrated too often with him taking penalties and whatever else that cost us. Um, so for me, uh, I would, I'd be looking at one or the other two. Looking at looking at stats, Kristanovic, hundred and fifty six points in 137 games um, and I think that's a good point that you make about him being the first first guy with real real quality that you remember seeing um, and obviously he was played a, a key role in getting Drew Miller in as well so yeah, of course a, a good player a captain and then took over as as coach for one one time, uh, Goldie, only here for two seasons compared to Kristanovic's three, was the was the captain, both of those. 2012-13 was his standout season, but across in the league, 118 points in 88 games. He was a kind of lead-by-example type player. Uh, 76 points in 2012-13. So he, he was... He was a good player. I remember. I remember watching Goldie, um, but yeah, I would probably just agree that Kristanovic would get my vote. And if I was to predict who will win it, I would think Kristanovic might win it fairly comfortably. I'd have no problem with that. Yeah, um, I agree. I, th- I think he will. Uh, I think he will win it. The good point you made there about Goldie. Um, <clears throat> well, I think his. His first season was, 
think our season three, which was pretty bad. Uh, I think so. Well, not, I mean, we've had worse seasons, but only marginally. Yeah. Uh, so you know, from from that sort of point of view, you could maybe look at that. But there's there's no doubt that he's um, he's a, another top quality player. And, yeah, again, sort of led by example, like you said. So um, it's good to good to all three of them um, got their nominations. I feel like they, they all deserved it. Do you think? Well, I actually hadn't hadn't really thought about this, but uh, are they going to announce it on the fourth at the testimonial? I didn't I didn't read anything. I'm just thinking they're obviously all going to be here. Are they going I to do, Are they going to do some kind of big reveal thing I think they're announcing it at the Dundee game which is the Saturday before or the Sunday before alright oh, ok um, so I don't know I would assume that yeah. most guys will be in yeah um, I, w- I would have thought that the players will be in, in at that game I think you know, most of them would make a, a trip for a couple of days of it um, yeah so yeah we'll, we'll see them all there uh, just Looking at Chris Frank, two hundred and sixty-two penalty minutes in the thirteen-fourteen season, and then two hundred and twenty-nine in fourteen-fifteen. So, uh, you know that that included a fair few bans. Um, but he, you know, he, he played for Sheffield and Cardiff before that, so he was known to the league. Um, but I mean, I, I loved watching the team that fourteen-fifteen season. For yeah. pretty much all of it, so um, I'll, I'll remember him for that. So I'd never be too, too, too critical. Um, elsewhere, Patrick Colleen was uh, facing shots of a different kind. <laughs> uh, As if that, that's the only thing he needs is more shots. <laughs> I know. He definitely. We we know he wouldn't have needed a warm up. That's for sure. Uh, he was at Fur Hill for Party Thistle against Dundee United, doing the the reverse of when the Thistle goalie came and faced a couple of shots at Brayhead Arena. Uh, and well, I, I was going to say Clean managed to save one of the penalties, but he didn't actually. The guy just hit the bar. Yeah, um, he tried. He tried a wee, a wee penanka chip, <laughs> and uh, sort of failed miserably, but. Um, I think the first one was the, the, the closest one that Killian got to um, just sort of down to his left just couldn't get down in time yeah, I love that we're actually analysing the save <laughs> this, is what, this is what it's come to that's, it. um, that's, what the, that's what the people want I know but it, it's funny it just looked funny seeing a guy who's obviously not a goalkeeper diving for penalties it just looks different to what you're used to but I mean he's a he's a huge guy so I've got no doubt he would probably be quite effective given given a wee bit of training in some games so you never you never know the way Thistle are going um, but it's like the idea itself you know it's good to get a bit of exposure I suppose for the club and Glasgow sport and all that kind of thing Um I just wish that they would extend it to have a full five-a-side game at half-time with Pitt and Becca and everybody 
pair the back post. Just yeah, Neil Trim, get Neil Trim back in as well. Oh yeah, cross to the back post. Um, but no, that, that was quite funny to see it. Um, maybe that's that's the reason why it ended up seven three on Sunday. Clean had his angles all wrong. He was still thinking, <laughs> thinking he was at for Hill. You're still listening to that stadium manager telling him to dive the wrong way. <laughs> I know. Funny. I'm sure he enjoyed it more than he did Sunday anyway. So, um, Right, predictions time. We're starting with our games. So, home against Sheffield on Wednesday. Sheffield? Nah, nah I think it'll be quite tight. I hope it's tight. I'm going to pick Sheffield just. Yeah, I I think I think it's going to be lower scoring. I'll go Sheffield. I say a lower scoring. I'm still picking five goals. I'm going to say Sheffield three two. Okay. Which at least would give us a chance. It's not ideal, but at least it gives us a chance. Um, mm. the problem with with hockey obviously is even if. You, you go down there with a lead it can be wiped out within seconds and it almost feels like it was I think yeah. one of the ties wasted but um, yeah I think it'll be close uh, when the away game down in Nottingham what about that? Strangely I feel like we've got a better chance in that game and I'm going to be optimistic and see that we'll get two points there I quite like that I quite like that suggestion Although I don't think we, <laughs> I don't think we, I, I can't see it. Uh, no, it's yeah. It's one of those ones. I'll go Nottingham in regulation. I'll go by by two goals. Right, Clan against Belfast. That's tough, isn't it? Because we've obviously played two games before that, in the time that they've played yeah. none. Yeah, I know that. That is potentially an issue. But Belfast have been known to, to lay an egg on occasion. Because of that, I'm hoping it's against us. And I'm going to be optimistic again, so that we're going to win that. Good opt- it is good optimism. And I don't, but I, I don't know why. Right, okay. I'm going because to I don't, it's just, I don't know. I just, I, part of me is the more realistic side is saying that we're not going to get anything at these next three games, but got to be positive. No, you do. But I'm unfortunately going to come straight in there and say we're losing that. Okay. Um, so we're sort of balancing each other out here. Uh, Manchester against Fife. Manchester. Yeah, I can't even find an excuse for a power pick. Manchester. <laughs> Manchester <laughs> are winning that. Yeah. Uh, Fife can't even stay on their skates, so. Manchester there, Coventry Dundee. I'm gonna pick Dundee, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make this my power pick. It's a maybe a wee bit cheeky, but. Mm. Oh no, I'd accept that. Right. No, it would it would probably be quite close to mine actually, but yeah, yeah okay I'll give you that. No. Uh, my do I think Dundee are gonna win it? Mm. No, I don't actually. I don't. I think Coventry are gonna win that. Which is making this power pick quite hard. Right, Cardiff, Sheffield. Cardiff. Yeah, too good at 
too good at home at the moment. Sheffield, Belfast. I think that's the, fir- that's the first one that we agreed on. I know. I know. Potentially. That's good, though. That's good. I don't uh, want agreement. Sheffield, Belfast. So going on what I've said, both of these teams will have had no points. So I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna say, I'm gonna say Belfast to win in overtime. That's big. That is big. That's almost power pick territory, but not quite. Uh, Sheffield are going to win that. Right. Dundee, Cardiff. Cardiff. I cannot, unfortunately... Well, I've got either this or Fife against Nottingham as my power pick, because Guildford against Coventry. I can't get away with a power pick now. So I'm either picking Dundee to beat Cardiff or Fife to beat Nottingham and I just can't pick Fife so I've got to go Dundee to beat Cardiff. It's disgusting right. but... Well, it's good. It's, it's nice that we've, we've both picked Dundee. I'm 4-1 down and I need... Yeah, I need dancers. <laughs> I need dancers. Right. Um, so, we're both hoping then that Dundee get yeah. a fine weekend. Yeah. Well, we're not, but... We actually don't want them to get any points, but in, by way of this power pick league, we do. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, it's a bit like, because well, you're an Everton fan, so if you were to bet on Liverpool against Everton and you put money on Liverpool, would you, like, would well, you feel better about... Uh, well, exactly, yeah. Depends how much money it was. Soften the blow a wee bit. Please gamble responsibly. Indeed. Fife Nottingham. Nottingham. <laughs> Don't even ask. Don't even ask me that. Yeah, question. I mean they're not. I keep thinking. I, I keep thinking Fife are, are going to win a game. But <laughs> uh, is there a? Let me just have a wee quick look at this. It's actually not. It's not a worst shout. It's pretty, it's pretty poor. It's poor. Right, I'm going back in face results. It's this this isn't all. This isn't all. Just hammer and slag Fife, but it's part of the fun. So the last games: two three against Manchester, one four against Coventry, four six against Cardiff, three four shootout against us, one five against us, one four against Dundee, two five against Dundee. 1-3 against Belfast. 3-2 overtime in Manchester. So we're back in the 21st of December for their last win. Right, so that would be overtime. So going back after that, their last regulation win was on the 7th of December. 5-1 five, <laughs> five at Dundee who were, who were struggling there. So yeah. I mean it's almost foolish to pick five there. And given it's not a not a power pick, there's really not any point. <laughs> no, but you know. It's gotta happen sometime. They're not that bad. Uh, Could I see a five win there? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, but I've, I'm gonna pick Nottingham because they are favourites. And yeah. then Guildford against Coventry. Another tough game, both 
mid table, both terrible badges. No, great, yeah. Let's <laughs> go, Guildford. Yeah, I think just, I think just. What I would, then, what what I would give to beat Guildford is, is is more than anything. How did it? How did the teams do it? I don't know. That's passion. Exactly. I wonder if actually. This is a bit of a daft side point, but do you think coaches ever speak to each other about how to play against certain teams? No, I don't think so. They may ask players, like if the players that have played with that coach. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, I don't... Yeah, because don't it's not... I can't see them asking other coaches. It wouldn't, it wouldn't really... It wouldn't really, <laughs> really happen, would it? Unless it's maybe the last game of the season and... Nah, nah, it's not happening. They don't. What the? How'd you be then? <laughs> we need How'd to know. We absolutely need to know. It's not as if it should be any secret. Pretty much everyone's beaten Guildford, but mm. we did once, didn't we? I'm sure we did. Yeah, one <laughs> once. <laughs> Terrible. Um, right. Okay. So you've gone with Dundee to beat Coventry, and I've gone with Dundee to beat Cardiff. So there's, there's pretty much one result out of those two coming up, but we'll forget that. Moving on, I had... Oh, no, I didn't, because I already mentioned it. I mentioned the GB under-20s getting a silver medal. Uh, William Stenton, that was good for him. I think he he could, he could be one for the future. He's obviously not the absolute answer to our defence at the moment, but you never know. Yeah, mm. with guys like that, I think we need. I think we need somebody more senior. But it's good. It's good with local guys doing well. Say local. It's as local to us as. <laughs> yeah. As well, uh, who, who the most local player to us has been? Where's Gary Russell from? I thought he was in Fries as well. Yeah, he might be. I don't know if they're right. I mean, was. No, Paisley's not even really that local to us. No, but so it's a lot. Not, not yeah, local. it's it's more yeah. It's as local as Glasgow Airport as to Glasgow. Oh no, Gary Russell was born in Glasgow, so. Where was Colin Shields born? Was he born in Paisley? I.e. retired retired Belfast Colin Shields. I'm gonna say Kilmarnock. Uh, no, Glasgow. Glasgow, right. Aye. Okay, so he was local. Wonder how local though. We need to. That's for the local podcast next next time. <laughs> the local. We'll get the most local by mileage. Yeah, but good, good to work out. Right, but actually, the the most serious thing I want to work out for next time is the the wee elite pro- prospects blurb thing. I like that idea. Right. I'm gonna have a wee look for next time and see what we can come up with with ex-players that we've seen obviously for a fair amount of games so you can actually properly judge it but yeah, I bet there's a few that that play very like for example <laughs> some of the some of the really promising signings that we've had will have great blurbs but didn't work out so they're the obvious <laughs> ones but we're looking more niche than that hopefully no um, I'm just looking to see if Jeff Smith's got a blurb. He, he might. T- terrific scare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for example, Chad Rowe must have one. 
add such, add a such right? Wait, doesn't actually, doesn't have one. No, that case. Right. right, we'll go. <laughs> we'll, save, we'll save it for next time. We'll go, There's we'll no go. use, this, this doesn't work for radio, does it? No, he doesn't have one either. Maybe, maybe they just the best players don't actually have one. Don't, they need, don't, don't need it. Don't need it. Yeah, exactly. Right, I'm uh, I'm out of options for what we're talking about unless you've got anything else. Um, all out of words. All out of love. Seventy three. Love it. Love it. Stun. Well, we Brent. Is it Brendan? Is that it what is. it's called? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The issue with that is that when you put out a a bin on the street, that yeah. It goes everywhere. Which so, is what I've had to do this two weeks in a row now. So we, I'm going to save putting ours out until tomorrow morning, last thing. We've had a, we've had a couple of incidents with the, the green bin causing a, an audible rammy outside. And you, <laughs> you wake up and you've got uh, stuff rolling all the way down the street. So that's yeah, not ideal. Right. Uh, but I think for us it's the the grey bin, which for any East Renfrewshire uh, residents out there, listeners, avid listeners, is the general waste. So there's a, a bit of weight to that. So I'd be less I'd be less worried of an impact. What's uh, what's your green bin then? Green bin oh, is glass and plastic. Alright. So the brown brown is the the garden and organic waste, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Blue is the paper, green is the plastic and glass, and grey or black is the general waste. Right, okay. You've got a bit of a different system. Well, we've only got, well, we've got black, black bins are our general waste, and then we've got blue bins, which are paper, uh, cardboard, etc. Yep, same. Plas- and plastic bottles. Mm. All right, okay. I see. Maybe. We've got, there's like a, there's one, it's like a big bin, I think it's purple, that's used for glass. Um, but that's it. I see. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about odd bins there, but uh, <laughs> it, it didn't really work. But maybe if anybody's got any bin stories or complaints that they'd like to let us know, then please, please do share it. Um, otherwise, this podcast will end up in the bin <laughs> if we don't keep recycling the same, the same shite every week. Who thought we could have churned out three minutes of bin jam? I love it. That's what you get when you listen to this. It's just, it, it just flows. Welcome back to the, the Bin Men podcast. <laughs> By the way, you say that there must be. There must be a, a waste, a waste-based podcast, or a, a bin, <laughs> hosted by bin men, dust, yeah. or dust men. There's a podcast for everything. There is. Why not, why not tune in and do our fellow podcast creation friends a favour and, and get tuned in? Well, since we've gone on and on, it's time, it's time to stop. Uh, I just had another thought about it, but I was trying to, like, what is the most mundane thing that you can think of in men's service to see if there's a podcast about it? What was it? 
Or you don't, no, don't, you don't know don't. what it is? No, I don't know. I'm right. Just... Next, next time, I'll give you a subject and you give me a subject. Right. Right. And we'll do, we'll do a small section about the subject. See if, if it is indeed mundane or not. Okay. Good idea. Good idea, good plan. It's going to be a good, good one. For, for listeners to come back. <laughs> it is. If they, need, they only need one, and that's that's going to be it. <laughs> right. So, here's hoping. Tough week for clan, but possibly possibly a season, a season maker. Uh, so, here's to... Here's the three wins, but possibly three defeats. Yeah, just just the two wins and a defeat. So you say, so you say. Anyway, we'll see. We will see. Right, as ever. Cheers, folks, for turning up. Enjoy saying that every time I do. I like that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, catch you next time and have a great storm, Brendan. <laughs> cheers, see you later.